Hey, welcome to the Virtual Bridge Podcast with Miguel. And Michelle. Thanks again for connecting with us. We are so thankful. Um, today, it's our first out-of-the-state podcast. We are so thankful with God that, you know, he, he um, put in the heart of this person to come in here and share a little bit how God has been moving in his life. He has a strong testimony, so I want you guys to share the link with, with people that, you know, that you know that's going to relate to his story and, and so, th so that person can know that if God did it for Christian Soto, God could do it for that other person too. So, um, so if, if we could go ahead and start with a prayer and um, we'll continue, you know, to introduce Christian and, and so he could share a little bit of um, how God has moved in his life. So let us pray. Father in heaven, we come before you. Father God, we choose to be a living sacrifice for you, Father in heaven. We honor you with our time, Father in heaven. We lift up our hands and tell you, here we are, here I am, God. Use us, Father in heaven. Father God, make us more like your son, Father in heaven. Make us think more like Christ, Father in heaven. Holy Spirit of the living God, reside in us. Let it be your will, but not our will, Father God. Give the listener wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, Father in heaven. It's so good to be a child of a king, Father Heaven. We are a child of the Most High God. Father God, there is royalty blood flowing through our veins, Father in Heaven. Thank you for the sacrifice of your Son, Father in Heaven, because the blood of the Lamb, Father in Heaven, all of our sins are forgiven, Father in Heaven. Father God, thank you for, um, you know, giving the heart to Christian Soto to come and, and share a little bit of, of his testimony and how you have moved in his life, Father God. We know that the same way Jesus was reaching out to people is the same way you reside in us and, and we're lifting up our hands and we're telling you, use us, Father in heaven. Use us, Father in heaven. We love you, we honor you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. amen, amen. So this gentleman, his name is Christian Soto. He lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Come on, somebody. Yes. From Nashville to California, let's go. Christian, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, everybody, what's up? Yes, sir. How are you doing? Everything good. good everything you. good, man. So, hey, you know, we're thankful for you, man. We 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 we're honoring God with our time, you know, and and you know, um, what we're trying to do. We know we've been connected with you and and having a conversation, and we know you have a strong testimony. We acknowledge that God has been moving in your life, and in the same way, you know, there's a lot of people right now um, that that are going through um, gang problems. You know, they're going, they're gang banging, selling drugs, and they're taking a path where they might think that that they can't get out of that stuff, you know, and they, they, there's no hope in their life or maybe they're scared or they don't know how to, you know, leave those ways. But it's nice that you're going to be able to share how, you know, maybe they could relate to your story and, you know, bring people to Christ, man. So um, there's going to be a lot of, you know, talking about a bunch of things. But if you if you want to just, you know, share, we, we, we know that. You used to live out here in Compton, and if you could share a little bit about what was going on out, you know, out here, and the reason why you left to Nashville, it's powerful. You left out there for, you know, not a godly yeah. reason, but man, God is using you in a great way. So if you want to share, you know, a little bit about that, Christian. Yeah. First of all, I just want to let everybody know, man, uh, thank you, you guys, for for this invitation to the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. God's been really opening doors for stuff like this. And uh, it's just something that's powerful right now for people who just want to preach. For people who just want to preach and put the word of God out there. I mean, I want to say you guys are doing amazing. I've been watching the videos you guys have been posting. Uh, I love them. Uh, the testimonies are powerful. You know, just to come from one point of life to another. It's like 
you can say, yeah, I made an effort or I made a thought and decided to move forward in it. But if God didn't want it to go down, it won't go down. Mm-hmm. Come on. So yeah. In those situations, we got to acknowledge that wherever we are right now in life is because God permitted it to happen. Amen. Um, I'm a assistant pastor at a church. It's called Lily of the Valley. Um, we've been working there for seven years. Just this weekend, we had our seventh year anniversary. Um, you know, it's not easy to say seven years because of just the state of the world right now. Mm-hmm. For people to want to accept Jesus Christ is so difficult because there's so much propaganda out there on these um, it, on the Internet. And, you know, to have truth is very difficult to decipher and to, mm-hmm. you know, just filter through. But I'm glad you guys exist because, I mean, you guys just want to do the real. So I do a big shout out to you guys. Um, this is this is something that God just placed me in recently. I've been married for four years. I have four kids. Mm-hmm. I have three boys and a girl. Um, my pastor is Axel Soto. My mother passed away last year, but a big founder and a pillar of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and just we're just trying to reach out to the Hispanic community right now. But God is opening doors for nations because, you know, in David, when God spoke the prophecy to David of the, the temple of David, mm-hmm. that every nation will come to serve and to worship God in one temple and that every nation will acknowledge who God is. So this is something that we're moving towards as a church. And I think we're in a time of um, restoration because the church is in the time of restoration right now. There has to be a, a, a sanctification of purification for us to be able to move forward in Jesus Christ. So the set apartness that's coming after this fall is going to be fire. It's going to be mm. fire. And I just want to put that out there because if you look it up, you, you'll be able to find many pastors, many prophets that are speaking of this purification process that is about to happen because we can't come to revival without being sanctified. Yeah. Amen. It's just it's just important. After getting uh, situated in a church, um, I, I, I came to realize this, um, this. I spoke of it twice this weekend that my church is the same age that I've been saved. So right when I came into Christ, my dad decided to open this church and I've grown in this church. I've been married in this church. I've been able to baptize every single member of this church. Um, wow. I've been able to um, preach the gospel. I learned how to preach in this church. Oh so that's really um, quickened my steps and um, moving forward. And I've been able to learn under a uh, well-known theologist and a uh, professor, um, he's, I mean, his doctorate, uh, he's acknowledged by many um, associations that as a professor and he's been um, teaching at universities. And my dad has been my mentor. So I'm very blessed to have that in my life. I'm a PK, which who knows about PKs? Nobody? No. Pastor kid. There you go. He knows. Yes, sir. I'm a PK. I'm That's a awesome. preacher's kid. I grew up. But the thing is, man, my dad has churches in Long Beach, in Seattle, mm. in Tijuana, Ensenada, San Luis Rio, Colorado. Wow. Um, there's churches out here in Nashville, Tennessee. He's open and funded. Um, churches in Salvador, Guatemala. My brother is a pastor out there in Guatemala as well. And um, my dad's been able to um, help build a lot of the Hispanic communities out here in very rural areas. There's a church in Long Beach that's still standing now. It's called Lily of the Valley, which is the name of our church, but our mm-hmm. church's name. 
house of restoration lily of the valley and um we're just trying to um push forward on a vision that god has for our church um we have the um the need to be able to own our own property and then be able to expand into other adventure into other areas of ministry but i say all that just to let you guys know that there was a point that i wasn't where i'm at Mm-hmm. That's what we're gonna talk about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to. I grew up in comp. I was born and raised in Martin Luther King Hospital. Um, my life has been between Compton and Linwood. I have a big Linwood on my chest mm-hmm. from my neighborhood that I used to be from. I'm still from it because that's where I came from. You can't really take away where I'm from. Yeah. You know, just like Jesus was always from, you know, Bethlehem. He was born there. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he can't say that he's no longer from Bethlehem, but. I no longer represent the uh, the perspective of the neighborhood life. Mm. I more like want to save people from that. And um, growing up in Compton is very difficult, especially after being a preacher's kid, because you're taught the word of God so fast and you take in so much that at a certain point you fall into uh, just, just absorbing and not practicing. Mm. And when I left the door of my house, it was always, boom, you get bombarded by weed, drugs, women, alcohol, um, who's the biggest thug? You're going to get beat up. You better stand your ground and you're going to hurt. You're going to be the one that's hurt. And growing up in an environment like that, you know, going to enterprise middle school, um, it was difficult because from, 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 um, kindergarten all the way up to like third grade, I had no idea. I couldn't speak English. Spanish is my first language. Yeah. I had no idea that. I didn't know English. So they put me in ESL classes and that became hard Mm. for me. I was able to overcome that in the fifth grade. And then I learned how to, um, uh, I didn't learn anything about it, but I know I learned that don't tell your mama when somebody's beating you up at school because she will show up. (laughs) (laughs) My mama showed up at school by the hand. When I noticed I was in trouble was when she went past the gate. And she was like, we going to this yeah, class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we going to deal with this problem? And I knew then not to tell your mama because the next day was worse <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I had to just deal with bullies, fighting bullies off. Because when I was four years old, I lost my eye. Mm. So I had a brain tumor when I was four years old. And, and it, it, took the, it took enough space in my head to where I had to remove my eye in order to mm. save my life. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine the circumstance my father was in trying to deal with it. Yeah. But, um, so all the way up to the fifth grade, I would get bullied until I got to the sixth grade. In the sixth grade, you start, you know, running into other people from other areas of Compton, not just, you know, close to your neighborhood. And I started kicking it with a lot of dudes from, uh, from 155. Um, this was, man, 1990, when you were born. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 91. When you were born. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, it was, um, it, I, I remember the first time I saw weed, like, he was like, hey, bro, you want this? And I was like, what the heck is this? And he's like, you smoke it. I was like, oh, all right. He's like, I don't have no papers. And I was like, oh, I got papers. And I went to my book and I got some some sheets of paper. He was like, not those papers, like papers <laughs> to smoke you with. I was like, oh, 
while like this is paper, we can just smoke it off this. So I learned how to smoke weed off of uh, writing paper. Wow. And um, I remember just being pressured into it. Like, come on, dude. Like, you know, you're a wuss or, you know, worse words than that. And just mm-hmm. like, I, I fell into the peer pressure. Mm-hmm. I was at school more than I was at home. See, that's a lot of things we, we don't realize, like, growing up in the community that we're in. Like, we're at school more than than anything. So the influence at school do affect the lives of our children. And that's one point I want to make. Like, yeah. growing up in Compton, what influenced me the most was the pressure that I would receive from my peers at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to be accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, especially me having a handicap of being, you know, having one eye and being different. <laughs> And that 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 made it difficult for me to to be able to be accepted by many people, you know. Mm-hmm. So when I was accepted by and, and Miguel always calls me this Popeye, yeah. You know? <laughs> my nickname was Popeye. Um, ever since I was like freaking twelve, my my brother started calling me that. And um, so uh, like that became a form of acceptance for me. Like I'm gonna take this. Uh, deficiency and make it my own and try to make identify myself through it and I'm going to be the baddest dude in the area so when I went to the sixth grade I got introduced to drugs and I got introduced to having like um, somewhat of power because mm. I have I had like I, I'm very I have very great leadership skills Amen. and it's not to blow my own horn but wherever I go people want to listen to what I got to say so mm. in school I had influence. So um, in that influence came a little bit of power just because I was probably a little bit taller, a little bit you know, bigger, and people would listen to me. So I had influence in the sixth grade. When I went to the seventh grade, I went to LMS, which is Linwood Middle School, which is now like, which used to be uh, Linwood High School. Yeah. Like right, off, right there off Carlin. So if you know about Carlin, you know about Compton Swami. So yeah, I live on Carlin. Like, <laughs> now, now, now there's a Walmart there, right? Yeah, there's a Walmart there. Yep. See, I'm still around. People yes, think I just yes. moved to Nashville. Yeah. People think I just moved to Nashville and I don't come home. I've been home. I've been. I went home two months ago. Oh. You know what I mean? So I, I stayed with my cousin. Um. And um, I be in the I be in the area, you know. Yeah. Um. So and I and I don't go back just to boast to be like this is where I'm from. I go back because there's things to be done. Yeah. Amen. Um, I thought Compton had changed and it had came a little better, but it's just gotten worse. Uh, I remember being in traffic, um, just waiting behind this car that the the light turned red. The light turned red twice, and I realized that they weren't moving. So I went around and I looked, and there was two people in the front seat dead. Oh wow. And that really hit me hard, you know, because that's tough. Right on Rosecrans, you know, and mm. I just I drove off because I'm like, what am I supposed to do? You know, yeah, it's a it's a very difficult situation, especially with my record. You know, I have to keep driving. I have to keep going because mm. they'll, mm. they'll pin it on some whatever they want to pin it on. I've seen that happen many times. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's difficult. Um so, like, growing up in Compton, influenced by drugs, seventh grade, I went to Linwood Middle School. From Linwood Middle School, I, I became the outside person. So I became, like, the out dude, you know, coming from Compton and 
So I have one friend there. And I remember that one friend was like, bro, I got your back. We're going to be the best, bro. We're going to be the best homies. Don't trip, man. I even got into fights with other people because of him. Um, and, um, and, I, and I forgive him now. I promise you, I forgive him now, man, because I still know the dude. I know his family. I know people who are. So I forgive the dude. I don't have a problem with him, man. I love him. I respect them. You know, I let bygones be bygones. You know, that was back in the day. So um, one day I remember he left me hanging. Um, he was getting in a fight and he was losing. So I ran up. And when I ran up, I hit the dude he was fighting. And the dude, like, tumbled over. And, like, less than 10 seconds later, the um, all his family came out of nowhere. And they started jumping us. So I got like back to back with the other guy, right? I'm like, you know, supposedly my best friend. And I said, dude, we're going to have to fight our way out of this. And when I looked behind me to say, are you all right? Um, the dude was running across the street. Oh, man. And he left me there and they were just coming for me. Um, I got beat up so bad that day. But even then, God was with me because, like, I don't think... A lot of people were lucky back in the days, like in the 90s. I don't think luck, you know, was on anybody's side back then, especially with the gang wars and especially right there on Carlin. You know what I mean? Carlin was the hot spot, you know, at that mm -hmm. time. So um, a, a group of Crips, it was I was getting jumped by Bloods. A group of Crips went, happened to drive by and saw them jumping me and saved my life. Wow. And that's how that's how they stopped beating on me. Yeah. So they got chased off. They ran off, and I ran home. I told my brother. My brother, you know, went back to the school. Couldn't find them. Whatever. But then for like for like five years, I was trying to catch my best my best friend, trying to catch him slipping. But I say all that just just so people can know where I come from. I, I'm not trying to brag or boast, but this is where I come from. Mm -hmm. This this is this is the type of life I was I was introduced to. You notice that I can't. I didn't say anything about church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean around this time because this these are the points in my life that impacted me the most. Mm -hmm. There are there are times in my life in the church that didn't impact me, but this is like the times where my decision making was being very crucial. Like I needed to make a crucial decision at times, and mm -hmm. these were the most impactful times in my life. Yeah. It, um. It, it's difficult. For us to to just think, you know, that we just send them to school and they're fine, you know, we got it. Like I told my son, I had an issue with my son last week. I, he had his first sleepover. I told him, don't watch nothing. We don't watch at home. Don't do things we don't do at home. Mm -hmm. And he comes home and he and he and he stole the toy from Walmart because his friend told him to do it and this brought back all these ideas you know like oh my gosh like mm -hmm. i told him and still the influence of his friend yeah caused him to do the issue yeah and at that point you go what am i supposed to do mm -hmm. you know like you think well this is where what i want to talk about comes in you put it in god's hands amen yeah you put it in god's hands like mm -hmm. you teach him you show them, but it's on them to make the decisions. Yeah. And it's on them to be able to step out and do the things that you've taught them or not. Mm -hmm. But one day they're gonna have to answer to God, whether it's here or it's in the afterlife. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And all we can do is prepare them for that. Yeah. So yeah. don't think like God is not in control. I am a product of mama's prayers every mm-hmm. night praying for her son. I went to prison at the age of 18 for six years and seven months for an assault with a firearm. That was my sentence. I almost did nine. Wow. Because I just kept sinking in deeper into the gang life, allowing myself to be influenced Mm -hmm. by the people in my surroundings. Yeah, trying to fit in and all that. Trying to fit in, trying to Mm -hmm. prove a point, trying to make it seem like I'm the toughest dude. Mm-hmm. Let me get Linwood on my chest and do God, what's his name on his chest? Well, let me rep harder since they can't rep. I'm going to show them how it's done and I'm going to get myself involved in the murder. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that type of stuff. Yeah. Let me outdo the next guy and let me show them how it's done because I don't want nobody to talk bad about me or think that I'm weak. Mm-hmm. There is no weakness. Supposedly in our heads in prison, there shouldn't be no weakness in in life, in the streets, you show weakness, then you're a victim. Mm-hmm. And that's what I grew up thinking. Um, I was testifying last um, yesterday at the church that my mentality was a murderous mentality. And, it's, and it sounds like shocking, like, oh my gosh, you had that mentality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes to some, my survival instincts, it was more like, it's either them or me. Mm-hmm. And I know if, and, and I know if they're, if they stay alive, then I'm dead. I'm next. Mm-hmm. So the only way to survive assured a survival is to have a, a mentality of a murderous person. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I, that's not who I am. That's not what I was taught at the house. That's not what my dad showed me. That's not what my mom showed me. But that is what influenced me the most. Mm-hmm. And we owe it all to propaganda. Again, on TV, we owe it all to Facebook, we all all to YouTube right now. This, these are the things that are impacting right now. Back then, it was different. You know, you go outside and you ran into it. Right here, you get on the internet and you run into it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, also with so uh, it's like sorry to interrupt. Also with like listening to the wrong music, man. I was gonna get to yeah, that right. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. You know, it's just feeding the depression, because... feeding that egotism. You know, like you talk about triple X tentacion right now, like. Think about that. Like that type of music is suicidal music. Mm. All my friends are dead. Like that's a lyric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what tough. are you saying to people? You know what I mean? When yeah. you're talking about, I'm a, I'm a get it by any means necessary. Well, mm. so who, 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 if somebody gets in your way, what you gonna do? You gonna hurt them? Mm-hmm. What are you telling the community? What are you telling people around your? Your neighborhood man and i try to and i try to i'm trying to reverse that that's why i rap amen yeah i'm trying to give people something decent to listen to that yeah that when they play it they're not ashamed of it yeah and it's talking about doing something positive it's talking about making sure that you set your record straight with god first mm. before you try to affect anything with man or humanity Right now, in, in this time of my life right now, I'm relying more on God than ever because I think what's coming is very heavy for the world. It's not going to be able to obtain the the, the, the how fast it's going to come through. Mm-hmm. And I think we as people who know the word of God, we as people who uh, um, absorb the word of God and try to live it out. And then what you guys are doing here, it's like, I think 
there's a there's a chance for humanity. Amen. Yeah. With the little people that are, you know, because the Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen, you know, or yes. And and it's like, and it's like, okay, everybody's being called, but mm -hmm. who's stepping into it? Yeah. Amen. I heard that yesterday too. Um our pastor's yeah. our pastor's brother shared that to me yesterday. He's like, Hey, everyone's called, but there's only a few that are gonna answer the call. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's and it's on us right here. To give the opportunity, I've, I've been able to minister to a lot of people and speak to them about God. There's a circumstance with a friend I have, I'll leave him un, un, unnamed, where like God showed me a lot of stuff that he was about to go through. And I warned him. And I said, look, God said that this, this, and this is coming. You know how like when Jesus told Peter, mm -hmm. you know, they asked for your life to be, you know, uh, sift, right? Put through the sifter. But I have prayed for your soul. Mm. So it's like I told his brother, I said, man, there's a lot of stuff about to come. You need to seek uh, accountability. Mm -hmm. You need to seek somebody where you can refuse, like somebody that you, you can that can hold you accountable mm -hmm. and that you can sharpen iron. Because when this stuff comes, you're going to need that person to counsel you yeah. and tell you what God what God can can do in these circumstances for you. Amen. And, and he refused. He refused the counsel. He refused to put himself under a pastor. And when when stuff started happening, it shook him. It shook him so bad that he began drinking again. And you're talking about somebody who's in the streets every day preaching the gospel, casting out demons, doing wow. outreaches, like making a big impact in his community. He lost his church. He lost his following, the people that were following him. And all because you didn't want to submit to authority mm. and seek counsel. Mm. And you think you you got this. Yeah. No, I got Jesus. I got Jesus. Yeah, we all got Jesus. But why, does, why, did, why did Jesus send him in twos? Mm -hmm. Right? So you got to think of why did Jesus pick 12? Mm -hmm. Why didn't he just pick one and be like, hey, bro, you in charge? Mm -hmm. Like, you got to think about that. Like, God wants us to be held accountable by one another. Why do you think the disciples, when they wrote the scribes in the New Testament, when they wrote the letters and everything, back in the day before it was the Bible, like, they made copies to make sure that nobody can alter them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they destroyed the original. So whoever altered the Whoever altered theirs, there was 11 more copies that can prove that you altered it. Yeah. Accountability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you're evil, but there's a possibility you could, you know, you could fail as a, as a human being. The Bible tells us that there's not one person under the sun who is without sin because he says if he says he's without sin, he's a liar. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why daily we got to die to ourselves because our flesh you know, our flesh desires, the things that we shouldn't be doing, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's just dying to ourselves every day. Yeah. So continuing on with the, with my eight years in prison, almost nine, right? I, I came out of prison um, a year before coming out of prison. They do a cell search. Let me backtrack real quick. When I went into prison, I told God that I didn't want his help. Mm. I did a prayer. I got on my knees and like I knew who God was, you know? I understood his capabilities, his power, everything. So I knew I got on my knees and I prayed. I said, God, I don't want you to help me. Wow. 
I messed up. I did this myself. Mm. I'll get myself out of it. You know what that is? It's pride. 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 Yeah. And pride comes before the fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what happened? I went in with six years and seven months, and I almost did nine. <sighs> I had I had it under control, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. 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 So I made this prayer. I go through my eight years. I get involved. I get acclimated. I become accustomed. Um, I was actually in shape, not a round shape, but a shape. Um, (laughs) I was actually in shape and like I got militarized. I understood the rules. I understood what good the do the do's and don'ts in prison. Um, I understood when it was time for war. It was time to stand up. When it was time to be sitting down, it was time to sit down. I understand how to have a conversation with a politician. I understood all of it. Um, by politician, I mean somebody who who, who runs the blocks mm-hmm. in that area. For those that uh, never lived the game life, just for your viewers out there. And um, so I I I understood so much of prison life. A year before I was leaving. Um, I had drugs, cell phones, uh, we had alcohol, we had influence, we had everything. Um, they came and did a random cell search. So they picked three cells because somebody had came down from the bay. So when somebody comes down from the bay, they're on them. They're watching them with binoculars. There's in his cell 24 seven. And there was a lot of activity coming to my cell that they tried to connect to him. Mm-hmm. But I had nothing to do with politics. I never got involved like that. Um, I just knew, you know, what time it was. And um, um, they came and searched him and another one of his cells that he was connected to. And when they came and searched those two cells, they they figured, okay, this guy has a lot of, you know, traffic coming to his cell. Let's just snatch them up. And they found a knife in my cell. Mm-hmm. This is a year before I was supposed to go home. I had just told my cellmate, look, bro, I don't want nothing to do with anything. I'm going home. I've been down for seven years, seven and a half. And I told him, look, I don't want nothing to do with anything, bro. If something pops up, you take care of it. I'll take care of you. Mm. You know, that was the, that was the deal between him and me. And um, yeah, um, they came in, they found the knife. They pinned it on me and they didn't pin it on him. So I go to the shoe. Um, the shoe is the segregated housing unit. For those that don't know, the shoe, they sent me to the shoe um, for the second time. The first time I went to the shoe because I thought I was a gangster mm-hmm. and somebody got stabbed 17 times and Jeez. I ended up going three years in the shoe. But before that, after that, um, the second time I went, they found that knife in my cell and um, they pinned it on me. All the report, all the reports were about me, and they said that I had it. Um, I went to the hole. I started studying law. I studied law so much to the point where I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can beat this case." Mm. That's how I felt about it. I just didn't know the lingo. I didn't go yeah. to school. And like, hey, penal code such and such tells us that this and this and that. And I just knew that this penal code cleared me. This penal code didn't. This penal code violated. That was your protection. I, yeah. You know, I just understood that much. Mm-hmm. So I went to my first court case when I was in the shoe and I gave all this information I had uh, retained to my public defender. <laughs> that was a mistake. 
because my public defender looked at me and said, um, I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to, I'm, I don't need none of this stuff. And he gave it back to me and he said, I'm not going to defend you. I'm just here for a check. Wow. So that kind of like made me red hot. I almost choked the dude. I promise. I had cuffs on and, um, I said, all right, I stood up in court and I told the judge, I said, look, man, I'm having a conflict of interest with my, with my, with my uh, representative. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to be assigned and deferred to another public defender. And the judge told me, you need to sit down. If you don't sit down and be quiet, I'm going to kick you out my court and you're not going to like the findings I'm going to, or the conclusion I'm going to come to mm-hmm. according to your case. So basically he told me he's going to railroad me and just, you know, give me the worst time possible. Yeah. Just pay, make me pay for, for speaking up for my rights because those were my rights. So when he did that, I sat down, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not about to rush a judge making a federal case mm-hmm. when I'm already fighting uh, six years doubled up because I have a strike. So that's 12 years after almost doing nine. So I sat down, I called my brother. My brother at the time was doing very well. And he told me, just tell me how much it is for a lawyer. I said, the lawyer we need is a lawyer with influence. He said, find him, tell me how much it is. And just, I'll get with him and pay him. My brother paid $17,000 for this lawyer. And this lawyer came and, um, I handed him those same papers that I gave to the public defender. And after him reading them for like 10 minutes, he looks at me and he says, oh, thanks, man. You did my job for me. So different. So I was like, oh, yeah, I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, you know? yeah, I was yeah. Like, yeah, I did what I was supposed to do. So I, I didn't care. I just needed somebody to say it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I gave it to him. He, he went he went and he got me uh, a bail because I had a bail hold at the time. Mm-hmm. This is what they did. Two days before my release date, they transferred me to the county jail under a state hold. So two days after my release date, the state hold is still active. You have to go to court to get it taken off. Mm. But I wasn't allowed to speak in court. My public defender wouldn't speak for me in court. So I was basically being blackballed Mm -hmm. to being in jail longer than I should have been. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there two days after my release date going, why am I still here? Yeah. Why can't I pay bail? Why can't I get out? Mm-hmm. And I sat there for almost five months. Wow. That's so I, I went, <laughs> it's crazy. Sorry. Right? It's because I kind of go back to your first prayer where you're yeah. like, let yeah. me do this. I don't need yeah. your help. I'm like, whoa. Just, just and focus on that right yeah. now because I'm gonna get to this point where you're gonna see what, what God does. Cause I said, all right, so I pay the lawyer. The lawyer gets we go to the court and the lawyer says, All right, Christian, we're gonna get you a bail. The judge is gonna drop the gavel on you after he's asked you for your name and for your charges, and then he's gonna drop the gavel on you, he's gonna tell you you have bail set at so and so. He's gonna give you a forty five hundred dollar bail. The $4,500 bill came from a percentage of, I don't know what, you know, like $40,000, I guess. Right. So he said, you got to pay $4,500 $4, and you can go home today. I was like, what? 
So that was one of the things that I had written in, in, in search search of to uh, the way I figured out they were violating my constitutional rights to rebel. Mm. So, um, so I did all that. We went to court. They dropped the gavel. I'm free. I'm on my way back on the bus. Everybody's making fun of me. What kind of burger you gonna eat? Uh, you know, how are you gonna get home? What you gonna wear? You know, what's your dress outs? I had a shirt that, oh my gosh, that dress out sat there for about a year. And when I put it on, it smelled so freaking bad, but I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> it was just a t-shirt and some sweats, but they sat in that box for almost a year because I was supposed to get out a while back before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just, they were making fun of me. Dude, like you ain't been, you've been locked up for freaking ages and you didn't even know iPhones existed and they're like Dang. just making fun of me, right? So I, um, I get back to, to the tank where they're going to about, they're about to put us back into ourselves. So we drove for court. We came back in a bus. They put us in the tank. They search us to make sure we didn't get nothing in between going to court. You know, the people be passing each other stuff and dope mm-hmm. and all that. And um, they search us, they uncuff us and they start making us walk towards the cell. So I'm walking down this hallway. There's maybe a hundred feet. To 200 feet, I think 200 feet down the hallway with my shoulder on the wall and a police officer. I'm quiet. I'm the last one in line. I don't want nobody to talk to because I got my bail. I'm not going to get in trouble for talking. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm the exemplary uh, inmate today. I'm on my way to my cell. I need two minutes on the phone and I'm out of here. I'm walking down and a, and, a, and a correctional officer pushes me and tells me to, excuse my language, tells me to shut up. Hmm. And when he told me to shut up, I'm going, shut up about what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm quiet. I'm not doing nothing. And I just go, okay, sure. You know, yes, sir. You know, I just do that. You know, I'm, I'm not going to fall for it. Mm-hmm. Keep walking. And he pushes me again. And he tells me to shut up. By that time, I was mad. I squared up. When he's when when I squared up is I I, I, mm-hmm. I fisted up for those that don't understand my lingo <laughs> and I got ready to fight and this guy tried to rush me to tackle me on the ground so when he tried to rush me I moved out the way and I tripped him and he fell mm-hmm. so when he fell he's on the ground trying to get up his partner looks up when I look towards his partner his partner's looking at me going oh crap. He's beating up my partner, so he starts rushing towards me, too. When Mm -hmm. I pull my fist back to hit him because he had his arms out to rush me like this, to hug me, Mm -hmm. to try to, like, you know, grip my sides and bring me down. Well, when people put their hands out to the side, right, Miguel? Mm -hmm. That's an open shot. Yeah. (laughs) Right? The chin is right there. So I'm already aiming for the chin, and I'm ready to hit him. Mm -hmm. When in the split second, I see a vision. And the vision is my mother with her eyes. Her face is pale. She's crying. Her eyes are red. And she, all I see is tears coming down her face. And I heard, Señor, cuida a mi hijo. Oh, man. I got the chills right now, man. So you didn't. I'm assuming you didn't. You stopped. No, I would still be in there if I did. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. I went wow. down. Yeah. So that enabled my body. For some reason, my body went limp. I went down and threw myself on the ground. 
I covered my main arteries, my ribs, and my head and my face, and they just stomped the crap out of me. Mm. Wow. Wow. They stomped me out. Um, when that happened, uh, they cuffed me up, they dragged me to the infirmary, and the sergeant walks in. Well, by that time, my whole body has swelled up. Not like this, like I am right now. This is eating too much. <laughs> <laughs> but my body has swelled up. They have my cuffs on right here on my wrist, and my wrist looked like two balloons Ooh. because my my arm had swollen up from them stepping on it and stomping on it and stomping on it, mm. telling me stop resisting when I wasn't resisting. You but you know, wow. you know, I I didn't because I couldn't do nothing. Like mm. something enabled me to like. As soon as I saw the vision, I went to the floor, I covered my body, and I knew they were gonna beat me. Yeah. And you know, uh, county police don't play. And so I got in. I I um I got in the fetal position. They cuffed me up. They took me. My hand looks like a balloon. My ribs are bruised, and my face is swollen up. And the and the lieutenant walks in and says, "Christian, what happened?" And I said, "Nothing." <laughs> my lips so big. I'm going. I'm all beat up. Like I'm bleeding. And he's like, "What happened?" I said, "Nothing." He's like, Christian, you just had an altercation with my officers. What happened? I said, nothing. And I look at the other guy that beat me up and I said, right, nothing happened? He's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like in it. You know, they don't. Yeah. Like, that, like police really don't snitch on you like that in there. You know, if you say nothing happened, they're going to say nothing happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's because they don't want to get in trouble for what they did, you know? Yeah. So they're, they're covering their bases. To make sure, but they will, they will arrest you. They will put you for if you violate a, if you do a rules violation or whatever. But at that circumstance, they have beat me up, you know. So I'm not gonna complain that way. They don't have to, you know, erase videotape or do whatever because they're just gonna, they're gonna win in the long run, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying nothing. So they're like, all right, since nothing happened, I'm gonna put you in the hole. And I was like, oh man, but you know, just let me just send me back to my cell, man. I go, I just got released. Mm-hmm. I just need to pay my bail and I'm going home today, today. If you just let me get to a phone, they took away my property, they took away my clothes and they put me in a cell where someone didn't know how to use the restroom. Mm. And there was fecal matter all over the all over the cell. So they handed me a, a bar of soap and a towel and I was just in my underwear cleaning the cell. But that was a moment where I realized what God was trying to tell me. Mm, come on I had the money to get out I had the lawyer to get out I had the knowledge to get out but I hadn't acknowledged him throughout my whole time in prison yeah and because he didn't want me to get out I wasn't able to get out it wasn't a coincidence that I got picked up two days before I went out of prison yeah it wasn't a coincidence that they had a bell hold on me that I had to go to court to get it released and my public defender wouldn't help me It wasn't a coincidence that I had the influence and the ability to pay for everything, but was still tied down to the fact that I'm not getting out because they just beat me up Mm -hmm. and they took away my rights and they put me in a cell without physical contact or the ability to communicate with anybody the same day I was supposed to be released. Mm -hmm. It was God telling me, you're not getting out until you acknowledge me. Yes. Yeah. So I got on my knees and I prayed and I said, God, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. 
Come on. Wow. And he and I got out two weeks later. That's beautiful. Yeah. He wants all the glory, man. He wants the acknowledgement. He, he deserves yeah. it. Yes. yes. Amen. He deserves it. If yeah. you think about it, all na- all nature glorifies his name. Yeah. The sun. It's like, wow, look at that sun. Like you can't even get close to it. You're gonna burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He made that. Yeah. Amen. You think about the earth, look at how consistent it is in the rotation so it doesn't explode or expand or or destroy itself. Yeah. He made it. Yeah. Amen. If it slows down one mile, we're done. Yeah. It's so intentional. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our DNA. Each person has their own DNA. Mm-hmm. The structure of our DNA, it's intelligence involved mm-hmm. in it. It's architectural. We're created. There has to be a creator. Mm-hmm. Yes. We go, our breath, what is the word that signifies his name? When you go, Say his name. Right? Yeah. Yahweh, is it? Mm-hmm. When you exhale and inhale? Yeah. Yeah. They say in Hebrew, the ex the actual exhale and the inhale and the exhale in Hebrew to the name Yahweh is actually pronounced Yahweh. Mm-hmm. This is something new for me. I've never heard of that before. So I'm learning no. as I'm hearing you speak. So oh, it's yeah. like that's awesome. I didn't yeah, know that. I, no. No, I didn't know that. I've heard it in in a person one time. She, they said oh. that when we pass away, we say his name before we pass away. Mm. The, last the last breath. Last breath. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we realize that because mm. what what that means is he's involved in every aspect. Of our lives. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's what that means. That he's involved in every aspect of our lives. So we cannot deny mm-hmm. the existence of a superseding, mm-hmm. sovereign, powerful God. Yeah. And then people say, well, what about Jesus? You know, how do we know Jesus is real? I, lo- I love answering that question. To me, the reason Jesus is real is because it's a historical fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every time you write yeah. down the day, man. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. What, what is A.D. and B.C.? Mm-hmm. That's actual historical fact that Jesus Christ walked the earth. Mm-hmm. Because after his death, we went to zero in the calendar. His yeah. death impacted the world so much. That they had to restart the time after death. Yeah. And that's why we can go back 2020 years and say he won't walk the earth. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's why there's an empty tomb with his name on it. Come on. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. That's why there's written testimonies of 500 people who saw him resurrect. Mm-hmm. This is a how how do you how do you make this stuff up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why there's 12 people in the Bible mm-hmm. 
who were given the chance to say, deny your God and we won't kill you. Mm-hmm. And what they do, you might as well hang me. You might as well shoot me. You might as well stretch me with two horses. You might as well hang me on a cross upside down. You might as well boil me alive because what I saw, what I felt, what I walked through is so real that if I told you it was a lie, I'd be lying myself. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, who dies for a lie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they couldn't put himself in danger for a lie. So going through all that in prison, I come out of prison, uh, I chill for a while, and like three months later, I'm selling dope, and I'm ready to get back in the game. Mm. Just because I didn't learn my lesson. Yeah. And I get out, I get married with this one, this woman. I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. I got married to her because I wanted to move to Nashville so that I can come out here and sell dope while I was still in parole. Mm. Because my parole was so loose. My parole was so loose, I, they, they did not keep up with me. They did not drug test me because I never had drug cases yeah. before, you know, as as a substance abuse. I never had those cases. so. When I got out, they never drug tested me. They didn't want, they didn't waste their time thinking I was a drug addict or anything. So the few times they drug tested me, I was always clean because I never used drugs. And I, I didn't I liked weed and that was it. But I never got into like where I'm hooked on crystal meth for years, you know? Yeah. So to where I got caught with it. That doesn't mean I didn't use it, but I did, you know, I did dabble, but it wasn't like absorb absorbing my life yeah so then i married this one lady i move out here um we're having problems i get infatuated i don't want to leave her i'm married already um i said man what do i have to do to save this marriage she says well how about you go to a retreat and i was like a retreat Mm -hmm. okay you know (laughs) Yeah. I grew up as a Christian and all these things like, the, you know, like the back of my hand. I said, sure, I'll go to a retreat. And she's like, you better come back change because we're not, we're not doing this. So I said, all right. You know, I went to the retreat. When I got to the retreat, uh, I started asking God, like, all right, are you real? Mm. Show me you're real. Show me that you want me to change my life and I will freaking follow you. I will follow you and I will never look back. Mm-hmm. And um, I said that prayer for three days. Um, I went through a process in that retreat where I don't know if you guys ever experienced this, where they wash your feet. No, not at a retreat. No. Well, I went I went to the retreat and there was part of the program. And I'm fighting this dude. I go, man, watch out, dude. You don't want to touch those claws. <laughs> <laughs> you need gloves. You need gloves. And I'm just going, nah, man, let me wash your feet. Mm. I remember hearing myself say that. Like, let me wash your feet, bro, because I, I don't deserve it. Mm. That broke me for a moment there. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, why is this dude doing this? You know? Mm. And I remember the dude. I still remember the dude that did it, man. Yeah. Even though it was seven years ago. But. 
he washed my feet and it kind of it kind of cracked me a little bit, you know. So in that in that moment, that night I prayed to God. You know, it was the third night, and I prayed and I said, um, "Lord, just show me you're real, and I'll follow you." Undoubtedly, he walks up behind me. And he puts his hand, this dude walks up behind me and he puts his hand on my head and he starts prophesying over me. And he says to me, you remember you told me you didn't want me to help you in prison. Mm. So he's speaking, like you know, God's telling them something. Yeah. And he said, but I helped you anyway. And he said, there was two people who were going to kill you in prison. Mm. And... They disappeared and you didn't lift a finger. Mm. That was me. When I heard that, I fell to my knees so hard. And yeah. I start praying and I start thanking God, right? Yeah. And it reminded me I had a neighbor who they hated me for a long time because I had I always had stuff, you know, I always had like weed or coke or cell phone or action. Like I was always um not blessed, but, you know, what they consider blessed. I always had plenty of stuff. So these dudes were always like, for some reason, they wanted to get me. So one time they wrote a letter to the big homies and told them that I had stole from them, that I did not pay my cut, you know, that I paid a cut, but it wasn't what I really made. Yeah. And I'm going, how do you know what I made, you know? Yeah. Anyway, they had influence. So if that letter would have got to where it was going, um, I would have probably been dead by now. It was a lie because I know I know that you don't steal from the big homies. So these two, one dude, so after that, I didn't know I didn't know any of this at the time. So one of the dudes gets moved to another cell and he says, oh, I'm going to get tattooed. So we usually do that in prison when if you got somebody you want to move in with for a little while and you want to get tattooed on the, you know, you get like the police, they'll understand, you know, they'll let you do it. So you go, so dude moves supposedly cause he was going to get tattooed. He ended up getting stabbed twice. Oof. Then it never came back. Wow. Then the guy that stayed behind, he wanted to live by himself until the other guy came back. But since he got stabbed, he got scared and he realized that was going to come after him next. Mm. So he didn't come out the cell for two weeks. Two weeks later, he comes out the cell and they beat him up right in front of myself. Wow. I, I got to see every punch that they put on him. Wow. At this time, I'm looking at this happening. And I'm going, man, this dude messed up. You know, mm. well, I, I, it, like it's part of the game to us, you know. So the next week we get out to go to day room and the guy who was in charge told me what they were trying to do. So I didn't know until after they were gone, they were trying to get me killed. Mm -hmm. But when that guy came up and prayed for me, he reminded me that God did that. That wow. God took care of them Come and on. got rid of them for me. Amen. And that's why I went down to my knees and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, man. I remember dancing, praying, crying, laughing, everything, every emotion. Mm -hmm. 
was just so overwhelming to, to in my gratitude. Like, cause, you know, at first you want to cry because you realize like, I've been so bad. Like I've been so horrible. Like you don't see it when you're in sin, mm-hmm. you know? But when God shows you and you have a true encounter with God, you realize it like, who was it? Was it Jeremiah or Isaiah that went up to heaven and was like, I can see God sitting in his throne. Mm-hmm. And then and then he says, I'm not worthy to be here. Mm-hmm. So an angel comes and touches him with a coal in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he goes, there, you've been purified, right? Yeah. So now you're allowed to be here. But he realized just by looking and knowing, being in that area of God, he was not worthy to be there. That's what it felt like when I had my encounter with God. Mm. Yeah. It felt like, oh my gosh, I am so dirty. I'm so dirty. So I'm crying because I'm dirty. I'm also crying because I'm happy because I know he's cleansing me. Yeah. And then I'm also, you know, like so many emotions. And then I'm laughing because I don't deserve it. And I'm just so joyous. Mm. And then it goes, boom, everything's lifted off of me. Mm. Amen. I had what I felt like was tons and tons of baggage on me that day. Yeah. So much that was going on in my life that when he lifted it off of me, I felt light, man. Yeah. I felt so light. I went home. I told my my ex-wife, because now she's my ex-wife. I told her, I said, look, man, we're we're gonna this this is gonna be different. Mm -hmm. God is involved. Mm -hmm. You know what? This Bible is gonna tell us how to lead our marriage. This Bible is going to leak. She didn't like that. Mm. She didn't want that for me. She thought I was so lost that I wasn't going to be saved at this retreat. Mm-hmm. And that she was going to be able to get out of this relationship without, I don't know why she just didn't tell me I don't want to be with you. Mm-hmm. So when I came back, um, I'm walking in Christ for a month and I found out she was cheating on me. So I separated with her. Um, I tried to save our marriage, but she just refused and she mm-hmm. kept sleeping with this person, being going out with these people. And uh, people would see her and tell me about it. And I'll talk to her on the phone and she'd be like, Yeah, maybe we can work it out. And then later on, I get a rumor like from people I like that I trust, mm-hmm. family members that would tell me, like, Hey, dude, I just saw her in a truck with this dude, you know, doing this and this and that. I'm like, oh, What the heck? Yeah. So I lost that marriage. Because she didn't want to fix it. So my so God told me, let that go. I let it go. I get involved in ministry. I put my head down and I'm just praying, worshiping. I'm going to outreaches in California. I'm going like every month to California to go do outreaches. I'm going to my neighborhood, letting people, because my homeboy started calling me and telling me like, hey, uh, where you at? You know, yeah. they want to know where, where I'm at because they're not sure. If I'm like active anymore, they don't mm-hmm. know. And they're hearing rumors like, hey, Chris, Christian became a Christian. Popeye <laughs> became a Christian mm-hmm. and he's running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, they want to talk bad about Jesus. Mm-hmm. They want to say, they want to say only cowards run to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that only the bold or only the strong will take heaven by force. Like we're not, we're not called to be weak. We're called to be weak in Him, mm-hmm. 
But we're not called to, to, to make it seem like, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian because I'm weak. I'm a Christian because I'm going to deny myself every everything that the world has to offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not a Christian because I'm scared of my past life. Mm. I wasn't scared when I was living it, and I'm not going to be scared when I'm getting away from it. So I told I told my friend to pick me up from the airport. I told him that year, I told him to take me to the hood. And I walked into the hood, and walking in there, there's two people that don't, one don't know me, the other one don't like me. And I think they're ready. You know, they're like, yeah. I'm about to get this dude. You know, I heard all these rumors. He's a Christian now. He probably ain't even going to want to fight. They're probably thinking I'm scared. So they're just going to abuse me like a victim. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to them, a first sign of weakness is, is is a motivation for them, for anybody, you know, in, in, the, in the game world. The first sign of weakness is an opportunity to, to dominate. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, for some reason, by God's mercy and grace, I was able to call one of my big homies, and I told him to show up to the to the place in the hood where I put when I went to, and he, and he came out of respect for who I used to be in the hood. He came, and um, and he and we had a conversation, and he said he said, um, "Are you a Christian or what?" And I said, "Yeah," and I told him, "Man, I'm always gonna be from Linwood. I'm always gonna be." Nobody can take that away from me. You guys are always going to be a part of my life because, you know, we grew up together. You know, we fought side by side together. But my perspective is different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell you, man, you don't have to do what you're doing. And because I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't mean like I don't care about you guys. Yeah. It just means now I'm on this side praying for you guys. So he's like, yeah, man, mm-hmm. pray for it. And I told him, man, I'm rapping too, and I'm using my rapping skills to rap for God. And he goes, rapping? You mean like Lecrae? <laughs> and when he said Lecrae, I laughed. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. He knows about Jesus. Yeah. Mm. He knows about Jesus. And I, and, I, and I appreciate that Lecrae. You know, yeah. he caught my friend's attention. Mm-hmm. Which is powerful. A lot of people criticize that man, but my, for my homeboy to be like, "You mean like Lecrae?" and I was like, "What? Yeah. yeah, bro, you got 15 kilos in the back. What you mean? You know, like <laughs> you heard about Lecrae, and that's crazy. You know, that's why that's what motivates me to do Christian rap. Mm. So I was I was doing that. You know, another one of my homeboys that same day called me and said, "Bro, what are you doing in the hood?" I was like, "Bro, I'm here to show you, bro." Like. You see me when I was in the world that I wasn't scared of nothing. Yeah. And I didn't come to Christ. I don't want you to get confused. I didn't come to Christ because I got scared. I came to Christ because there's something changed my life, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful, man. You didn't go to Christ to hide. Yeah, I didn't come to Christ to hide and be like, oh, I don't want to bang no more because I wanted to die from my neighborhood. I wanted to die from, I wanted my name to ring bells for ages because I would hear people talk about me in prison while I was in prison. People would talk about who I was. They know who I was. I have family members, cousins that they still can't believe that I'm doing what I'm doing. And they think this boy just wait, wait, he just waiting to sell some dope. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it's like, people know. So I'm like, I don't want you to think, bro. I told him, I don't want you to think. 
that I'm 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 became a Christian because I'm scared and I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Mm. I became a Christian because God really impacted my life. I said, "You see me out there, bro. I didn't care about anybody or anything." Yeah. Now I love everybody. Yeah. And he and he was one of the guys I was really worried about. Mm. I was talking to. I was going, "Man, this dude, he might take it the wrong way." And he will see this as weakness anyway. But he told me, he said, you know what? I like that you came to the neighborhood and you showed your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, I respect what you're doing. Mm, that meant a lot to me, yeah. man. Amen. We were just talking about that today yeah. in the morning, me and Michelle in the cafe. And we're like, man, how do uh, how does a person, because we know the, mm, not culture, culture, but when you go into a gang, they have to jump you inside of a gang. And then for, you know, we we're just curious, like if a person says, you know, I'm giving my life to Christ, but these kids are going to come after me. They got to jump me out or should I hide from them or man, but I want to acknowledge you, Christian, because you, you stepped into the fire with God's authority, with God's, you know, holding God's hand and you're being that light. You're being that light to them and telling them, hey, man, I'm, God changed my life. And I'm, I didn't go to Christ to hide. I'm here. Look. I tell you, I tell you how ready I was. I told the person that dropped me off not to come back. Ooh. Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's bold right there, man. I had to call them to come pick me up. Wow. I'm like, hey, where you at? It's like, I'm on, I'm on my way to San Bernardino. I'm like, hey, can you come back? Wow. Okay. Okay, man. They're like, what happened? I was like, man, That's I'll, I'll tell you when you come. I'll tell you when you come. And they pulled up, and I was like, I seriously thought I was going to die. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. And I told God, I said, God, let it be whatever it is, but I don't want to represent you the wrong way. Mm. That's one thing people don't understand about me. The last thing I want to do is represent God inadequately. Mm. Yeah. There is so much unsureness. There's so much uh, uncertainty. Mm -hmm. There's so many fabricated lies. But the one thing I can trust 100%, and if you don't take it from the Bible, if you don't take it from other preachers, if you if you know me or if you've ever, if, if you don't know me, why do I have to lie to you? Mm -hmm. What am I gaining from this? Mm. You should think about these words. When I tell you that God is real and your life can change yeah. Amen. for the betterment, Amen. there Amen. is an eternity. Mm -hmm. Since you gave or you had your encounter with God, um, how has God used you through that? What are you doing now? And that's one thing I wanted to show, too, is now I'm an assistant pastor at a church. That's I've been awesome. married for four years. I have four kids, three boys, one girl. Um, my wife is in ministry with me. If our babysitter weren't a cancel, she'd have been in here with me too. Yeah. Yeah. Been, yeah. Amen. She's, she's my rock and, uh, Amen. she helps me out in every way possible. I couldn't, you know, if it wasn't for God, of course, you know, you, you go, yeah. that goes without saying, but God puts people in your life to help you push through. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for her being so obedient and understanding and, knowing that ever since she met me, I've been in ministry. If if it wasn't for her understanding that, she could have threw her tantrums and she could have just been like, no, and 
you watch the kids and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, you know, like, well, you the dad, you know? And I'm like, yeah, mommy's, what is it? Mommy's for sure, but daddy's maybe. So what is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Kayla, you know, we don't personally know her, but yeah. she's anointed, man. I saw, I want to yeah. acknowledge right now, I wrote some stuff down. Um, I just want to share with the listeners something that Kayla, we, we heard a video where she was, you know, and I know it's not her, it's the Holy Spirit, you know, talking through her, man. And that's why I'm saying that she's anointed. And I want to share a little bit of what, what she was sharing in one of the videos. She said, this is what Kayla, I'm, I'm quoting Kayla right now. She said, we have the authority to rebuke in Jesus' name, but don't boast to them, but boast at your neighbors that their name is written in the book of life. She also said, so today, not by coincidence, you are here. Today is a day to spread the good news, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. God will use you to be a vessel if we are willing to. Kayla also said, I want to encourage everyone and remind you that God loves us beyond the capacity that we love ourselves. And then she said, and for us to always look up to him in times of trouble and lift up our hands and pray. When I heard Kayla say all of that, I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. she's, she, hey. Man, you guys are, what you guys are doing right now, you guys are being the living sacrifice. You, I know you guys gave up your jobs. You guys are doing the, the work of God full time. And no. you guys, I believe in my heart, you guys are destined, you know, for greatness. You guys are going to be pastors. You guys are going to be pastoring a church, leading a church. You guys are young. You guys are young. You guys have, you guys have a strong testimony. And it's awesome that, that, you know, you've had the opportunity to go on other podcasts and spread the good news of God, his love, his mercy, and all of that. And man... We're praying for you guys. We're rooting for you guys. What is it that you're doing, Christian, in, in the um, the rap music? I know the rap music and in, in, in Christianity, it's, I don't know much about it, but yesterday I came across a song and, and I actually wrote it right here. It, it said something like, wake up in the morning with feeling blessings in my life. Man, it feels good to be a son of the king. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I feel that way too. You know, let me download this song right now, you know? So, yeah, yeah, that's, what it's, yeah. that's what it's about. That's what it's you about. You know, so if you could share a little bit of, um, you know, you're going to have a, an album or. Uh, yeah, soon. Uh, I'm working on it. I'm working on getting uh, uh, everything hashed out for it. I'm not, mm. I, I have plans, ideas, and thoughts and whatever, but God has his own too. So I, yeah. need, to, I need to first see what he wants me to do mm-hmm. and align my, myself to it. Um, yeah. I do have a plan of putting out an album soon uh, under Unbreakable, which is the record label that um, has been helping us do a lot of a lot of the ministry work out there in California um, with God's product. I want to give a shout out to Humberto, Pastor Humberto, mm-hmm. out of uh, out of um, Living Word in uh, Paris, California. If I could do that real quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. he's a great man of God, man. I love this person. Uh, he's one of my partners in crime. We, we, um, every time I come out to California, man, he always gives me the red carpet treatment. Mm. He always opens his doors. He always, uh, allows me to go out and minister with him, which for me, is a blessing to stand by somebody just like you guys opening your, your, um, your doors to allowing me to give my testimony. Um, he, he has this great, uh, minivan with a trailer. And it has a baptismal attached to it, and it's mobile. Mm, and wow. He goes to neighborhoods, he goes to churches, he goes to outreaches. Mm. Wherever you call him, um, he will be there. He will show up with his trailer and his stage and his PA system. 
Wow. And you will have a concert in less than 25 <laughs> minutes set up. That's awesome, man. Yeah. He's ready. Right. It's called God's Product. You look okay. up the website, God's Product. Okay. On, um, you guys can look it up. He's on Facebook, Humberto uh, Estrada. And uh, that's one of the guys that I, I know has God has been using to teach me and show me what it is to do outreaches. Mm. Uh, baptize. I, I believe now it's been at least 100 people with him. Wow. We went to Texas last year and we baptized 20 people in one time. Mm, that's awesome. um, we go every time we go somewhere, there's at least two, three people to get baptized and get saved. They give their life to Christ. And, Come on. you know, we don't go for the numbers. We go for the for that one, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We go for that one. And more than one is more than and, you know, it's it's a blessing in itself, you know? Amen. Um, yes, yes, yes. That's unbreakable. I want to mm-hmm. shout out Unbreakable. They're 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 a record label right now. That's been started. It's been going for about a, uh, two years already. But I believe in the vision they have. They have a big vision to be able to not just only be on platforms, but to create their own platforms and mm-hmm. sanctify our platforms that that are set apart from those that get mixed in with the world. You know, yeah. come on. Um, if you guys get a chance, just look up the app, the Christian app too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's called Christian app, Christian music app. You guys look it up. It's on Apple and uh, Google Store. Um, that's his um, own uh, app, and it plays uh, Christian music twenty four seven. Nice. No commercials. That's no interruptions. That's just good. all the way through twenty four seven. It has great quality. We're, they're working on new features. Um, we're having a hip hop version of Christian music app, mm-hmm. and we're working on a Spanish version of Christian mm-hmm. music. Oh, well, that's awesome. Okay. Are you going to so rap in Spanish too? Running... <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I have friends that do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I, good. I have music in Spanish. And um, just support it. If you guys can look it up, Google it. Yeah. You can find it on Apple Store and uh, Google. Uh, Google apps and um, it, that's another area where um, my friends are working out of also too I didn't want to stop without saying that we got the Jesus Drip right. merch yeah, yeah. that's the what Jesus I want to I'm wearing one of there. the sweaters right now uh, they're comfy and that's something that we wanted to bring up too man for everyone listening um, go ahead and you know well you know to be honest with you um for the person that that that's going through a hard time right now, because if, if they share this link with you and you're listening to Christian's testimony, I want to tell you right now, the listener right now, like, like stop sowing into bad things. Stop buying that drink. Stop buying that marijuana and sow into something good, man. Yeah. We're asking you guys to support Christian and his wife. Um, they're trusting the Lord. They don't know where their finances are going to come from, but they're being faithful. God is their provider. A job is not their provider. Um, the economy is not the provider, none of that. God himself, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, Jehovah Jireh, is their provider. And that's why I'm telling the listener right now, we're going to put in the bio, um, you know, Jesus Drip, where you could get a sweater like this one right here. They're nice yeah. and comfy, man. The, the Father, the, the Holy Spirit, the Son, the, uh, it says the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God. It's, it's, it's a nice merch. Go ahead and support Christian and, and the Soto family. They're all original designs. Oh, see, They're all that, original designs. That's that, awesome. You won't find it anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. Find drip, you'll find drip or Jesus, dripping Jesus or drips like that. But 
this drip is original. My wife already filled up the catalog with like 20 something items. Mm -hmm. uh, we're still working on new items as well. Nice. And everything is good quality. So yeah. if it, it nice seems like it's, yeah, if it seems like it's a little, uh, if you go, man, that's a lot of money for it. It's good quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. You got to trust and believe it's good quality. And we want to make sure you get what you ask for. So everything is being processed for us. Everything is drop, drop shipped. You'll get it within four to five days. Yeah. Um, there's free shipping. And just support something that's doing something good for God. I mean, they're amen. great icebreakers. Amen, yeah. amen. Yeah, that's yeah. another thing that we're going to do, um, Christian. Uh, when we finish the podcast, I'm going to ask if you could if you could give me, maybe you're going to say no. I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I want to ask if we could get like a Zill or a Cash App so we could put it in the bio um, because I, I want, I want to encourage that person again. This is why, you know, stop sewing into bad things. Take a step of faith. And let me ask the listener right now, like, when was the last time you were generous? When was the last time you were, you did something good? Um, that's why we want to support Christian and his family. You know, um, we're also going to sow into it. You know, we're going to lead by example. Um, but the, but the thing here is like, um, this is a side of like tithing because we always bring our tithe to the house of the Lord, yes. but we also believe in supporting, you know, people that are building his kingdom, just like Christian and his wife, you know, they're, they're believing, you know, for God's glory to, to um, blessings to come into their life. And yes. that's why I'm telling the the, the the listener right now, like, man, stop, stop buying that drink. Why is it that, that it doesn't hurt you to spend 200 bucks in that sustenance that, that that's making you feel messed up and you're going to overthink buying a $45 sweater. Come on, man. Come on, somebody like, so into something good and, and just watch what God does in your life. Take yeah. that step of faith, you know? Amen. So, so yeah. we're going to do that. Um, so if, is there anything, how could we be of service? Is there anything else you want to share Christian? Um, I think that'll be it that we got, you know, I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that, um, I can show you all my scars, all my hurt, all my pain, mm. and you can show me yours, mm. right? We can all be like, yeah, I got stories. Well, I got stories too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, I want you to know that there's 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 a there's a lack in humanity when you don't have Jesus Christ in your life. Amen. There's an emptiness. Mm. And that emptiness, you cannot fill it with drugs, yeah. with mm -hmm. alcohol, you cannot fill it with money. Mm. Think about how many people commit suicide after being millionaires and successful in Hollywood. Yeah. CEOs. Mm -hmm. The guy who owned, uh, what was it, Bargain Hunt? Was it? No, oh, Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh. The CEO from Bed Bath & Beyond just jumped out of his window. Oh, my gosh. A month ago. Oof. That's tough. He had it all. Yeah. Yeah. What is Bed Bath & Beyond? They're everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even if he lost some, he's better off than me, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And I don't want to kill myself. Yeah. Yeah. I have Jesus. I have yeah. Jesus Christ in my life. There's nothing you can fill that void with Amen. because we were designed and we were made. Amen. We were made in his image to glorify his name, yeah. to glorify his, his, his will. And the thing is, when we fell from grace, that peace that made us whole stayed with him. Mm -hmm. The only way we can get it back is if we come back to Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So yeah, good. yeah, yeah. 
talking so, um, talking about a little bit about that we have um one final question that we have for all of our guests and you know we've been talking about how god has been moving in your life and all of that and if we could just if you could just summarize in a few words um yeah. so the question is is a question found in the bible Matthew 16, 13, and it says that when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And in the same way, we ask you. Again, it's just, you know, summarizing, who do you say Jesus is personally to you? Jesus is without thinking. For me, is he's my Savior. Mm, amen. He's, he's, he's my Lord. And he's the one who leads my life. Yeah. I, I put it all on him. If I have a problem, he's my lifeguard. Yeah. That's powerful. If I have an issue, if I have pain, if I have suffering, if I have betrayal, I know that I can confide and trust in what he has for me mm -hmm. will help me through it. Mm. I trust and believe in what he said when he walked the earth. Because there hasn't been one thing that humanity can go back and say that didn't happen. Yeah. And if they can say that, it's because it's yet to happen. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So I can go and trust and believe that the word of God, what he is, is my savior, my Lord, my protector, my all, my refuge. And there is nothing in this world that could separate me from the love of Christ. Mm. That's so beautiful, good. man. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, Christian. Yeah. We want to ask you if if you could pray over the listener right now, if you could have the honor, you know, to to so we could end it with prayer. And I want to be specific about this. Let's pray for for that person that's gangbanging, that can't find a way out, that's ready, that that he knows he doesn't want to live his life like this anymore. But he's like, man, no. I, I don't know, I don't know what to do, or I'm scared, man. Christian, if you could just pray for that for that son of man or that woman of of, of God, I mean, a son of God or that woman of, of God, you could just pray for them right now, please. Yeah. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord, because you brought us together. As right now, your spirit is stirring up, Lord, in the homes of many. I want to ask that you begin to convict the hearts of us, Father God. The, and conviction is brought just to our salvation, Lord. So we understand that conviction doesn't mean accuse, accusation. It means an opportunity to be redeemed, Lord. Mm, yes. We ask right now, Father God, that the hearts that are being convicted right now, Lord, that they just submit and allow themselves to be open to you, Lord, in the freedoms that you have set forth for us. God, I ask that this heart that feels like there's no tranquil time, that there's no time of peace, that you can subjugate and drop over them your peace, your eternal peace. Yes, the things that you bring for us, Father God, are things that we cannot see or touch, Father God, but they are things that we know are there, Lord, and we trust and believe throughout faith, God. Yes. Lord, touch the hearts of many. Lord, touch the minds of many. Lord, right now, if someone wants to give their life to you, Lord, just show them a place they can find refuge in, Lord. Let them find a church, Lord, where they could be rooted in and held accountable for God, yes, where they could be taught the word of God and their minds be open to you, Lord. Yes. I ask right now, Lord, if someone is convicted to become a, Christ, a Christ follower, Lord, let them be led by you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all it takes, Lord, is to change your perspective. Yes, Father. Lord, in Jesus' name, we ask for those 
who have a need in drug addiction and alcoholism, those of us who who are who were or who are in prison, Lord, those of us in hospitals, Father God, right now we ask for a, a layer of protection over them, Lord. Send an angel of comfort, Father God. Send your Holy Spirit to comfort them, Lord. Let them be felt by you, Lord, and that you can assure them that you are there for them and will carry them through, Lord, till they meet the day of that mark, Lord, where they could be held accountable to what your word had been put forth in the beginning, Lord, that every knee shall bow before you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, man. Thank you, Christian, for joining us. We're so I'm, I'm so thankful. Hopefully, we'll have like a second one with you and your wife. Yeah. I know you guys have a story in itself, your own yes. testimony together. Um, I've been seeing your guys' TikTok, so... That's another way you guys can also follow him, mm -hmm. um, show support oh, as yeah. well. I've been Christian Soto 127 TikTok. Yeah. There we go. Follow. Yeah. And I'm on Facebook. It's Christian Soto as well. So if you ever want to look me up on Facebook, all you got to do is look for this ugly face right here <laughs> and just push follow. And um, I'm trying to I'm trying to be able to just have the opportunity to preach the gospel wherever we go. So Amen. Yeah. Um, I, I can preach, minister, we rap. Um, the rap is just to attract the the the, the, the people to come, mm -hmm. to seek out, to see what's going on, what is playing. Yeah. The rap is to minister um, the hearts of those who speak a different language. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's what we. It's a tool for us. It's not essential. Yeah. You know, the only thing that's essential is the word of God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Sounds good, Christian. We'll tell Kayla that we said hi. Yeah, um, I will, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell her that you know she's always welcome here if she want if she has in her heart if she wants to share one day. You know, um, but you know we're, maybe we're, maybe we can plan for you guys to do her. It's your turn to take care of the kids. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'll watch. The kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm about Yeah. All I'll right, man. Well, we love you. You yeah. know, if um, we'll keep in touch, That's man. Awesome. And, Thanks again, Christian. Bye. Nice Christian. to meet you, Michelle. Nice God to bless meet you, you too. Thank you. Likewise. Bye. Bye. Well, we just want to say thank you guys for tuning in and connecting with us. I pray that you guys are able to receive this with an open heart, open ears. Um, and if you relate to what Christian's testimony, um, what his life has been like, and if you find yourself in a similar place, I just pray that... Um, you're able to find a church and where you can go out um, or connect through us and we'll help you. Um, but we pray that you guys have a blessed week and we'll see you guys next time.